0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are going to be digging into Revelation chapter 14, starting with verse 6. We're going to read about the three messages proclaimed from midheaven before the end. And it starts like this. Then I saw another angel flying in midheaven with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. Now, we need to ask ourselves in this first proclamation, and we're just digging into the first one. These are really important proclamations. This is like the final warning for the unbelieving world, and it's the final encouragement of faith for those who are faithful to Christ. So, in this first proclamation, this first message, we have to ask ourselves, well, what is the eternal gospel? Because it certainly doesn't have anything to do about what we call quote getting saved well let me tell you what the eternal gospel is in a nutshell it is a royal proclamation or to say it in another way the eternal gospel is the proclamation of the kingship of jesus christ now most christians today imagine that the gospel is about me God loves me. God forgives me. He is my Savior, and God gives me eternal life. Now, (laughs) those are blessings that are obviously come through salvation in Christ, but the gospel isn't about me. It's about he or him. The gospel is about who Jesus is, what he has done, his death, resurrection, ascension, and his universal kingship. Professor N.T. Wright, who is widely regarded as one of the top three biblical scholars in today's world, some would even put him at the very top, he's an Anglican scholar, this is what he has to say about the message of the gospel. Quote, all four gospels are telling the story of how God became king in and through his story of Jesus Christ. This is the central theme of the Gospels. Christians in the West have failed even to glimpse, let alone preach, the story of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the story of how God became king in and through Jesus. That's the essence of it, and I dare say, if you ask 10 people, maybe one out of 10 would get it. If you asked 100, might be higher than 90, would fail to acknowledge that the essence of the good news is the proclamation of the kingship of Jesus Christ, and you have to have that because there's going to be an alternative kingship to come to this very democratic, do-your-own-thing world. There's going to be an autocrat of universal authority called the Antichrist, and unless you have a firm belief in another kingship, you're going to cave. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 6, talking about the apostles, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here. And you notice in today's world, I mean, if you look at the news, it seems like the world's turning the church upside down instead of the church turning the world upside down. But they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. This was central to the gospel proclamation in the book of Acts. There is another king, Jesus. This is what Christians will proclaiming, even if it means their death during the final days of this world. There is another king, Jesus. Where does this come from? In the Old Testament, This whole idea of the gospel, in English, you have the noun gospel, and then you have the verb to evangelize, and both are from the same Greek root that resemble the word evangelize. It's the same word. One's just a noun, one's the verb. There's the same root. In Isaiah 52, it says, "'How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings.'" This is the word gospel who publishes salvation, who says of Zion, and listen to our last episode if you wanna know the importance of Zion, that's the place of the kingship of Christ. It says, who says to Zion, your God reigns. That's the gospel. Hark, your watchmen, lift up their voice. They sing for joy and seeing the return of the Lord to Zion, Zion, Mount Zion, the city of the great king. Jesus himself said, Matthew 24, 14, many people think this, this gospel will be preached to the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. That's not what he said. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So this proclamation of the eternal gospel calls for the loyal worship of those who believing in King Jesus as the sovereign over everything, and particularly his sovereign kingship derives from him being creator of all things, heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in it. Now, If the final days before the end of the world were in our generation, and I don't know if they will. The final days may be in five years, 50 years, or 500 years. I don't know, and I can't predict that, but I can predict this. If it were to occur in our generation, I would predict that a huge percentage of Catholics would submit to the Antichrist and take the mark. I also believe that large numbers of Protestants would, but for different reasons. And here's why I think Catholics would fall down. You're gonna need exceptionally strong faith to get through this time. And this is why these proclamations are yes to warn the unbelieving world and also steal the faith of the believers. And the foundation of faith is spoken of in Hebrews chapter 11. That's the chapter of faith in the New Testament. And it says in Hebrews eleven three, by faith, we understand that the world was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear. So the beginning of faith, the foundation of faith, and this is where it says, fear God, give him glory and worship him because he's the creator. Now, if you have heard that the only way to approach the idea of the origin of all things, rather than a sovereign, kingly creator, that somehow theistic evolution is to reason for everything to occur, well, this is perhaps one of the grandest failures in spiritual formation in the 2000 year history of the Catholic Church. Let me tell you why. Now, I realize a lot of the older folks saying this to younger folks have this all worked out in their minds and carefully distinguishing things. But when a young person hears theistic evolution, they realize that theistic is simply an adjective that in even their Catholic schools and colleges, even the colleges on the Newman Guide to Catholic Colleges, the theistic gets dropped when you go to biology. And as a result, you say there's no conflict between true science And the Catholic faith, well, true science, that's what I get in school, right? That's what I see on the Discovery Channel. That's what I read in National Geographic. So basically, they end up disbelieving the Bible, the creed, and the catechism, and they end up walking away from the faith in numbers approaching millions. Only 30 percent of those who are raised Catholic are still practicing their faith, and the false prophet— And the Antichrist are not on the scene. This is easy times, and we're seeing a massive washout of 60% now. And I don't hear any calls for any kind of shift in faith-building strategies. Here's how it goes. If God is real, and he's the direct creator of all things, then my life should revolve around honoring him. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 95, "O come, let us worship and bow down; let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker." Worship flows from belief in God as our Creator. And remember, this entire book of the Re- of Revelation is about competing kingships. It is man deifying himself corporately and in the person of the Antichrist, enforce worldwide government financial systems and religious systems to bring this, yes, to the very modern world. And in contrast, there's the kingship of Jesus and his kingship begins, doesn't end. It begins at the beginning. It begins in Genesis 1. But if young people are brought up to saying, well, yeah, believe in God, but Genesis 1 is kind of poetry and don't pay any attention to it and and whatever else, uh, true science, well, then the true science is the evolution. The evolution is atheistic. Oh, random mutations did it? Right. At best, one out of 1,000 random mutations result in some beneficial mutation the probability is actually a lot lower than that. That's that's just at the minimum level. So 999 to 1, it's the most illogical thing in the world, and yet that is what has been the path to teach where we come from for the last half century or more in Catholic circles. You know, if God is the creator of all things and he's the creator of me, I owe my origin and all things in my life to him, then my life would revolve around him. We call this our worldview. It's our whole outlook on life. Now, here's the contrast, and here's where the unbelieving world is going, and here's where a lot of undiscerning uh, folks doing spiritual formation of youth are falling down. If God isn't the sovereign creator, then instead of everything revolving around him, everything revolves around me. And those are the two poles, so to speak, that are going to come into galactic conflict during the final days. And here we don't even have persecution going on in the United States of America. Well, we do have some, but it's, it's limited, not like anything which is going to come on the world. And yet we have so many falling away. So what would you do to prepare your children for these times? We don't know when they're going to come. What would you do to prepare your youth group for these times? In the early church, there is a document called the Didache. They started early editions of this before the last apostle died. It was used to train First century Catholics to live as Catholics in the middle of a pagan world. And they taught and instructed about the Antichrist. So, how do you steal young people and old people to resist his claims? Well, you teach the first line of the Creed that he's the maker of heaven and earth. You teach Genesis 1 as if it's true. If you need some science with that, I'd suggest you look into some intelligent design resources, and I can recommend some if you need some from high school up to PhD level. And most of all, start with the Gospel of John, the very first words. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That's King Jesus. And I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 109 of Luke 21 Radio.